so like if you look at my comments when I'm talking about um, if you have a low interest rate on your mortgage for your house, don't overpay it and pay that mortgage down. Well, people are like, well, I want to be free and clear on my mortgage. No, listen, motherfucker. You have a 2% interest rate. Don't fucking overpay and pay it down. Well, but I want that equity. No, take the difference that you want to pay it down. Put it in the fucking S&P 500 or some shit like yeah. that. Or buy life insurance. Or so, do something fucking with it. Yeah. The fact of the fucking matter is exactly what you just said. Most people aren't going to be either disciplined or sophisticated enough to actually fucking do it. Yeah. So you got people like, okay, well, if the money's going to fucking the restaurants and the bars every weekend, yeah, fucking pay it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Even though it's a 2%. So. Now, that back, it goes to our back end, and that's where we get the debt. But here's where we are strapped, is let's say I want to exit. And my, my book of business right now, they owe me 30000 a month. If I were to re retire, they look at projected, when, when you sell an insurance policy, you know, it's, it's based off of your advance. And then once it's paying, then it's an act of renewal. It's, not a, it's, it's a release check prior to that. So technically right now, it would take three years for my uh, debt balance to uh, pay off. So if I retired right now, 27, 28, they'd give me thirty grand a month. But the thing is, is I, they're in a legal binding contract as a franchise owner. I cannot sell a lead mm. ever. You okay. know what I mean? I would like, they basically could pursue me like not, like it wouldn't be a civil lawsuit. It would be a federal lawsuit, right? If I try to sell my leads, it, they could federally like destroy yeah. me. So that's where, uh, that's where I have to create um, different equity. But it's like, it's cool long run. Like my partner, yeah. his book of business is 500,000 a month. You know nice. what I mean? So he's been doing it 20 years. That's a tremendous amount of money. But where I try to help my guys and be like blatantly honest and open is from your content. I'm like, yeah, you guys make good money on the front end, but like if you're not smart with it, mm -hmm. it's kind of like pitching somebody on like investing. And yep. we can start recording. Yeah, um, it's like pitching somebody on like like whole life insurance and then expecting them, or like you'll hear Dave Ramsey, term life invested difference. Yeah. How many motherfuckers are actually investing the difference? You mm. know what I mean? That's where I tell people where I disagree with Ramsey is like, right. how many people invest the difference? Even white collar guys I'll meet that's like, they're not really investing. You know right. what I mean? It's not right. like, like, oh, I'm investing. It's like, you're not investing, dude. What do you what do you consider investing? You looked at Bitcoin today and you your buddy does, you know, uh, foreign foreign exchange. It's like, you're not investing. So yeah. it's like that's where I, I kind of, I don't see eye to eye well, with. It, well, yeah. yeah. Well, Dave Ramsey is interesting, but like, I, that's the same shit. So, like, if you look at my comments when I'm talking about um, if you have a low interest rate on your mortgage for your house, don't overpay it and pay that mortgage down. Well, people are like, well, I want to be free and clear on my mortgage. No, listen, motherfucker. You have a 2% interest rate. Don't fucking overpay and pay it down. Well, but I want that equity. No, take the difference that you want to pay it down. Put it in the fucking S&P 500 or some shit like yeah. that. Or buy life insurance. Or so, do something fucking with it. Yeah. The fact of the fucking matter is exactly what you just said. Most people aren't going to be either disciplined or sophisticated enough to actually fucking do it. Yeah. So you got people like, okay, well, if the money's going to fucking the restaurants and the bars every weekend, yeah, fucking pay it down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Even though it's a 2%. So, anyway. And I, I actually had this in my notes, all, everything to discuss with you. Sorry, we okay. got a weird Are we starting? Right Are we on right now? Yeah. Okay. Another episode of Adversity Kings. Very unconventional. I've been <laughs> taking notes all day. I got content on. I was studying and, and just everything John Sarasani. So shout out the, let's start off right off rip. 2,000% raise, John Sarasani. Here's the book. If you haven't read it, if you haven't signed up, 
there's a membership where you can get access to this if you suck at physically reading and you're like, man, I'm just, I can't physically read. You can get membership access, and this is, I have membership access. It's two bucks a day. I promise. I promise some of you guys, most of the people I know can afford $2 a day. So if you can afford $2 a day, Sign up. I'm going to start marketing it that way. $2 a day. I didn't even fucking think of that. Good yeah, job. Bro. Good job, buddy. There yeah. you go, man. So two bucks a day, go. set aside a coffee of Celsius, and go get a 2,000% raise. Give yourself Boom. a 2,000% raise. Boom. So let's go. Um, rent versus buy. That's one of the things I had. Yeah. Yeah. So I made a reel on uh, Instagram and TikTok about how do the fucking math. Do the motherfucking math, okay? Because we're all trained to think, all right? People that are in their 30s and up have all been bred and trained to think that home ownership, paying off your mortgage, that's the American dream. You guys in your 20s right now are like in limbo. You're hearing both freaking sides of it, okay? But you get the 40-somethings and 50-somethings, as soon as you say, hey, renting might be better than buying, you're an idiot, are you fucking stupid? And the reason they think that is because be between that and their 401k, that's their whole nest egg. That's the only thing they've ever done with their fucking lives, okay? Yeah. That's, that, that, that's their only investment vehicle. The 401k that their employer made them take and paying down equity in their fucking house. So they don't know any better, yeah. okay? But the fact of the matter is, there's a lot of money you're throwing out the freaking window when, when you buy a house and have a mortgage, all right? Let's talk about them. Your homeowner's association fees, that's money gone, motherfucker, all right? Oh, your mortgage, but you're paying that to yourself, right? Wrong. Look at an amortization schedule on a 30-year fucking mortgage. All right, I got fucking news for you. 90% plus of that fucking money is going to interest early on in that in that in that 30-year schedule. All right? So that's money literally fucking gone, just like your rent would be. Well, what about the tax benefits? Dude, <laughs> go talk to your buddy Donald Trump, who 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 was only who was only protecting uh, the rich people, right? wrong as far as the trump tax laws that fucking benefit of mortgage interest pretty much got diluted to to nothing for people with with fucking money um oh property taxes if you live in a state like fucking illinois <laughs> property taxes yeah okay you never own your house yeah. <laughs> you, you, the, the state of illinois owns your fucking house. the cook county tax assessor owns your fucking house and for those people that aren't in a state like illinois and don't know what the fuck i'm talking about half a million dollar house uh yeah your property taxes are going to be over a grand a month probably fyi okay same is true for california a lot of other states i got a, i got an aunt and an uncle though that live in um uh, where do they fucking live? Asheville, North Carolina. <laughs> They're telling me they pay, they have like a four hundred thousand dollar home. They said they pay like eight hundred bucks a year, and I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, exactly. It's a different conversation. But 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 my point is, everything that's being thrown away, your property taxes, the interest portion of your fucking mortgage, your homeowners association fee. All right, and by the way, routine fucking maintenance. Put that in there, shit too. All the shit that you don't have to pay. As a renter, yeah, add those up, compare it to that rent price. Now make an educated fucking decision. Not to, well, well the house is going to appreciate, though, and you build value. Got it, but how long are you going to live there for? Because if you're only going to live there for a few years, it better appreciate substantially because you got about 7% of closing costs between buying and selling that motherfucker. That makes sense. Yeah. And the reason I got really, uh, really, uh, that's the content I've been kind of absorbing here recently, is we just moved my grandma into a uh, apartment Kind of like a 55 plus where it's not like an absolute like nursing home or anything right. like that. Assisted living, Assisted re retirement. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but she has a nice crib. How old is she, by the way? It's grand, 76. 
Yeah. 80. Hey, I, I wait for the day when, when, when a 55 or a 56-year-old actually live in one of those. They always, they always say it's 55 plus. I don't see any 56-year-olds. No. I see a bunch of 80-year-olds, but anyway. Yes. No. That's yeah. actually a good point. But uh, So we move her in there, but she didn't want to sell her house. She's probably, I think it was probably appraised at 400-something thousand. It's in Pennsylvania. So it's in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania, okay. let alone. It's on eight acres. Needs a lot of work. It was, I don't know if you know anything about architects, but it was uh, a Frank Lloyd Wright uh, inspiration. Oh, home. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. so it's a, it's a beautiful place. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful home. Um, and my sister and I are in a position where I'm confused on, I don't, I don't care. It's not going to make me any money, but it's something that's like, it's a no-brainer. We can mm-hmm. take over. I think she's got 40000 left. Nice. And I'm thinking to myself, now, would it be better if her and I developed an LLC and then put put something on there and we just put 100 grand into it 200 grand on it and yep. made it an Airbnb made it just so, like made the mm. rent so outrageous that it didn't get ransacked by some like brokey right what would you do in that situation okay so you you guys owe 40 grand on it what do you think the house is worth roughly I'd say at low end with the property and everything's got to be 400 I'd say low end 400 okay so you got a lot of equity in that place yeah it would, how, how's she paying for her assisted living facility um us we're gonna I mean Pat's pension Oh, okay, so okay. my grandfather passed away in her pension. Is uh-huh. it a joint survivor pension? He had that? Okay, so I guess she's still getting taken care of, but my pat passed away. She's still getting taken care of. Then. I mean, in most circumstances like this, I think what people usually do that enter those facilities is sell the home that they were in and use that money to pay for it. Yeah. So um, it sounds like you guys got additional money. I mean, I would... Is there a reason to have the house? Would you, I would look. I would look at it independently. Were you looking to start an Airbnb in Pennsylvania? No, that's that's the thing. I was like, you know? would, I, would we make more just to sell it right off rip? Yeah. Or would, would it be better just keep it, throw money at it? Yeah. Well, I mean, she's, family? She's, I don't know. she's still alive, right? So that's it's, the thing. So, yeah. So it's like technically her money, and I mean, if I wouldn't start investing her money, I, I would think. Like when she passes, whatever's left over, make moves like yeah, that. Don't, 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 don't well, it's not really your money. It's You're, not your money. We, Graham, we love you. <laughs> no, but no, but ser- seriously though, that's that, that's how I would look at it. I, I would say, listen, man, that that's going to be your guys's money, or however you guys split it up once once she does passes. And if it's yeah. in your nature to make moves like that, it doesn't sound to me like she personally needs to make moves. Her her money needs to last. She's her. good between yeah. between my pap and us. If she ever needed anything, right, she'd be good. Um, mm-hmm. Next, let's go into LLC. But I mean, that's a shitload of money for an, like. Listen, you got if you got three hundred fifty grand sitting in freaking equity in a home. I mean, that's yeah, that's something, man. Yeah. You know? But and and I do I do look at it that way. But also, you young people, three hundred fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. You're in your thirties, your forties. Not a lot of money if you look at the average. The average American lives off about fifty, sixty thousand a year. If you're in Chicago, you're broke. Mm-hmm. The homeless make more than fifty, yep. sixty thousand a year. Right. So let's say yeah. three hundred fifty thousand. How long would that last you in Chicago? Yeah. Three and a half years. No, that's that that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, I'm, I was looking at more for like you uh, know, my grandma, my eighty year grandma, three hundred fifty thousand for sure in the middle of Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Well, just the fact that she's you know uh, you know an elderly person that 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 has that much equity. You'll hear you'll hear these stories about you know eighty year olds living in one bedroom condos and yeah. you know they'll it's worth 120 grand and you know they owe 90 on it and yeah. 30 grand and plus the four grand they have in savings you know what i mean yes. so that's a stat we'll hit people with a, a life insurance stat when we're trying to hit them with the pitch of like hey joe mary the average person actually dies with 300 dollars in savings that's probably mm-hmm. not going to be you mm-hmm. build them back up and let them know it 
But what we want to make sure is, you know, that that definitely isn't you. So out of these options, which one makes the most sense? But it is a true stat. Most people, yeah. most people don't got a lot of money in the bank. So and just so everyone knows, Tristan agreed to be interviewed on my podcast. After it, I got to keep reminding myself this is his podcast because I like want to ask you a million questions about what you just said right there. No, you asked me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm ready too to get berated. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get smacked with questions. Yeah. Here's another. I asked my lawyer yesterday. I was like, because I'm going through different ideas, and I'm like, what? What could we do? What could we do? What could we do? Mm-hmm. And then I was just curious in regard to taxation here and just, you know, especially from, I think, I don't know if I asked you, Dave, but, you know, I was wanted your perspective on LLC. Let's say you're helping your son open up a business. Yep. LLC, S Corp, C Corp, or don't worry about it until you're making X amount of funds. Yeah. Um, so for me, when I had my business, I did an S Corp. And the reason why was because it just makes everything fucking simple you could just everything passes through i owned 100 percent of the freaking company it just makes it easier to do your taxes at the end of the year and you mm-hmm. can't really it forces you to not really be able to play any games by the way like the write-offs is different the write-offs business write-offs you could do that and in, in really all of them but but for me it was like okay well if i have 900 grand in my business checking account i could just leave that there and not pay myself and not have to pay myself you know pay taxes on that 900 grand wrong if you're an s corp no it all passes through you you do have to just it, yeah. if whether it's in that account or your account you, you do it and, and and for me that just you know that just took that freaking little conundrum off of my uh you know off of my plate for for a year and up oh, well i'm an s corp i gotta fucking pay myself this yes. you know what i mean um my accountant also advised that i'm not sure if there would have been advantages doing it a separate different way but i talked to multiple accountants and they had recommended the s corp route do they ever recommend, I don't know if like that's the perfect way to like phrase this, but I've seen individuals that I follow start to obviously go south. You got your people that transition to Texas. You got mm-hmm. their, I look at Rogan left California. I look at Musk left California. So there's a lot of successful individuals that have gone to these different states with mm-hmm. uh, Texas. You got Florida, but I've seen some people go to Puerto Rico. Is there a minimum amount of living that has to be proven. yes yeah so i've looked into that really closely so so a couple of puerto rico is a different conversation but the states and, and by the way you, you got to realize this you're not getting out of federal income tax puerto rico you kind of are I'll, I'll talk about that but the state income tax is what you're getting out of so illinois i think is roughly it keeps fucking changing it's, it's around eight percent state income tax okay Texas is zero. Florida is zero. Tennessee is zero. I think there's a handful of others that, that, that are fucking zero. Okay. You'll have to actually live in that place for at least 181 days. Okay. And you have to be able to fucking prove it. My, my account that I looked really closely because I was set up to do it, man. I was making big time fucking money. And my, my son lived with his mom at the time down, down in uh, the Dallas area. So I'm like, well, shit, I'm going to fucking, I'll just buy a place out there and fucking go. Blah, blah, blah. They go, dude. If you're not planning on actually physically being there 181 days, don't effing do it. And if you're already on that state's radar screen, okay? So, for instance, at that point when I came up with this decision, I had already been paying Illinois a boatload of taxes each year. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Illinois Department of Revenue is going to be like, wait, that guy went to zero this year. Oh, wait, he put us, well, how much last year? 900 grand or whatever the fuck I paid him in taxes? Well, let, 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 let's think about that. Now it's zero. Well, he says he moved to Texas. Let's, let's look into that, okay? If, if you do it early on before you're even on their radar screen, yeah. maybe you could get away with it. But um, 
my I was advised don't even try it if you're not actually physically going to be there 181 days. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Um, Puerto Rico, there's something different with Puerto Rico, bro. Puerto Rico has some kind of benefit where if you start a business there, um, you get out of everything, I, I believe. Uh, you, you got listeners that are going to be more sophisticated on this than me. But but there's definitely a, yeah, if you actually go domain yourself in Puerto Rico and start the business in Puerto Rico, um, I believe you get out of federal federal income tax, I think. Um, and that and that was more just of, of a promotion to the Puerto Rican economy thing. Hey, we want you people to go to Puerto Rico, start a fucking business, hire Puerto Ricans, or I shouldn't even say Puerto Ricans, the people of Puerto Rico, the people that are living there to, to, to stimulate their economy. Um, and I know a couple people that did this. I actually know somebody that has a restaurant business, uh, restaurants that are here, but the hospitality group that owns those restaurants is wow. based in Puerto Rico, and they have actual functions happening in Puerto Rico, including um, like their front office people that were the people of Puerto Rico that they hired. Well, guys, my business, believe it or not, now identifies its location as Puerto Rico. <laughs> is this oh. right? <laughs> so let's go. Exactly. We're actually in Puerto Rico right now. We're actually we're in, in Puerto Rico. We're in, uh, what's the big place in Puerto uh, Is it San Juan? San Juan and Puerto Rico. Anyway. We're in Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. This is really going to correspond with just your movement, your mantra, 2,000% raise. And this is going to help everybody. I'm very passionate about, I've been putting a lot of content out about getting the smallest slice out of the biggest pie. And a lot of, I think a lot of people in life in general, they want the biggest cut and they screw over a lot of relationships and screw over mm, a lot of people. Yeah. And it doesn't help me when I put content out and show the people that contribute to my business and put insurance sales in my business by telling them, hey, I want the smallest slice and I think you should look for bigger and better things. But I feel like morally, by me advocating that, I'm going to keep more people yep. in my business and with me by yeah. advocating, I think you should make more money and let's do business together. Yep. So here's my question. Entrepreneurship versus intrapreneurship. And I think that's more of a recently created term. All right. I feel like that's what we we would be because we didn't found yeah. this life insurance company. By, by the way, I didn't know we were going to start filming. I thought I was going to go adjust my clothes before we started. Here. Anyway, <laughs> we sat down and started talking. <laughs> like, right, so I started Action. So entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship, which is just uh, basically, I, those are sales guys. That's us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You get yep. into a company that's already been founded, the establishment, yeah. everything's been done. The infrastructure, we didn't take care right. outside of the little bit of payroll and things we do as a franchise owner yep. versus employee. Yep. So a lot of people hear you go entrepreneur versus employee, but they don't hear about that middle section, I feel like, of like the commission and all that. Right, right. I feel like, you know, for for a business, probably specifically yours from what, what I've seen in, in social media, but, but really just any um, business that's bringing people in and training them on a um, on a product or, or on a service, and and the person coming in really had no knowledge of this industry previously, and then not only teaching them about the product, but also teaching them um, sales skills and how to close, all right, and teaching them work ethics and and how to how to cold call and and, and all that shit, um, with no cap on what that person could make. That's invaluable especially especially for a young person and not even if you're young if you're just switching industries and you have access um to that kind of a culture it, it is huge so you know you'll hear me on social media 
kind of, I, I make a joke about W2 employees, being an employee and, you know, you should be an entrepreneur. But, but what I'm talking about there is when you're working in corporate America and you've been led to believe that you can't compete unless you work at one of these Fortune 500 giants, unless your company is traded on the New York Stock Exchange, you, you don't matter. Um, I'm not talking about jobs that allow people to fucking grow professionally. Now, at some point with the aforementioned types of companies, that person is going to have to make a decision for themselves. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm pretty fucking good at this. I've learned a lot. I don't need you to teach me how to sell anymore. I got it now. I've been here for a few years, and I'm pretty fucking good at it. Now, how does that person advance within that organization? Is there opportunities for advancement? Because a lot of times there's not. A lot of times it's a pretty flat organization with one or two people up there, and the only advancement really for them is just to get better and better at sales and make more fucking money, which is fine as well. Um, you know, at some point, though, that person needs to make a decision. Okay, now that I'm not really learning anymore, is the revenue I'm bringing in and how I'm getting paid worth me still being a part of this organization and, and that's a conundrum for both the employer and the employee you know what i mean because that employer wants those people to stay forever yeah. but they throw too many resources out of it becomes uneconomical for the employer to give them this shit. Yeah. you know what i mean hey dude i can't give you four assistants and we need to make something on the money you fucking bring in and yeah you know what i mean so so it could be service platform it could be um specific to the product being sold it could be leads given given to people yeah you know what i mean and, and, and how valuable that is but but i think um you know really in any organization that new person it, at least at least on, on that road while they're while they're mastering their craft yeah it's well worth them to to go down that path as part of an organization that already knows how to do it it's fire i wanted to get into um I saw on your social media you were with the kids who were attacked by the bears a while <laughs> yeah. ago. Yep, yep. And that was dope. I love wrestling. I wrestled mm -hmm. a little bit growing up. Okay. So I know they were wrestlers. How did yeah. you, you come across those dude, kids, dude? that was with Bob Mennery. Uh, <laughs> so Bob Mennery and, oh, gosh, what are those kids' names? Kendall is one of them. He still texts me every once in a while. I think he'll just see me on social media and he'll call me and ask me some random investment question. Um, but, yeah, those kids were great, man. They were Juco wrestlers out in, I believe, Wyoming or Montana or some shit. And they got attacked by a fucking bear. And uh, the other wrestler fought off the fucking bear while the other kid was getting mauled. And, I mean, those kids were, were they're fucking tough sons of bitches, man. They're like 21 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I spent the weekend with them in Boston, and, and we, we had a blast. And um, no offense to Bob uh, Mennery, but he fucked it up because... <laughs> <laughs> he, he fucked it up and got too cute with the podcast. I was the co-host with Bob, and we had these kids flew in yeah. and all this shit. And it was a setup like this, but we had a bigger table at Bob's apartment with, like, eight different fucking microphones. And it got too out of fucking control, and people were, like, chiming in. Like, the DoorDash guy comes in, and we go, Bob, come sit down, come sit down. And Bob gets him to, like, cancel the rest of his DoorDash orders the other night. And the guy sits oh down God. with us. It was all hilarious at the time, but... uh when we post production out of that, when when, uh, when Bob did the next day, he goes, "Dude, we can't film this." I go, "Buddy, these kids flew in. They're all weekend." He goes, "Well, they had a great time in Boston, hanging out with us, right?" I go, "Yeah." I go, "But they're 
planning on being this the show being aired and he goes <laughs> goes dude it doesn't it's, a, it's not a good look for either of us i go what do you mean he goes well john you came in later you look kind of drunk i'm like all right don't air it <laughs> <laughs> dude, so that's hilarious yeah how'd yeah. you meet bob Menry? i had that in my notes too how'd you guys come into, into um, contact? he's a great guy man he's a great guy we we met through um He's been a great guy to me, at least. <laughs> Some people don't, don't agree with him being a great guy. But but he, he has been really good to me. Uh, you know, we, we crossed paths through this podcast circuit. Um, we kind of made buddies um, with him being on my show on the 2000% Race podcast. And, um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys, man, that, like, looks for looks for people to grow with and you can't grow by being around people that are bringing the exact same thing to the table that you bring to the table you know what i mean if, if, if you're only hanging out with your high school friends and you're in your 30s dude you all came from the same fucking place well i'm only friends with people at my fucking first job out of college dude you're all fucking learning the same shit you're not bringing anything new to the fucking table you know what i mean um so bob's brought this element into my life that's that's very different it's definitely a white space that that uh that didn't exist before and uh, he's kind of filled that gap with kind of his shenanigans and, and yeah. everything else and i think i do the same thing for him man I, th I think um maybe he wouldn't characterize it the same way but he likes being around good business people that th this is for sure i think he's probably more friends with with people like me than he is with people like himself and i think that's probably by by design yeah you know that's what I mean? dope yeah i wanted to uh talk about the yacht show and mm -hmm. the trips you've taken and I've seen, because I always tell myself, man, I don't care what anybody says, how much money they saved, how much money they made, they spend, they got to spend somewhere a little mm -hmm. bit, yeah, a little bit. And I've seen you take some luxurious trips and, and yeah. you've really emphasized and not like gloated, but, but more so just brought out that you believe in bringing your family, bringing mm -hmm. your kids and having them experience yeah. those trips. So I want to start with the yacht show and then transition into you know you guys did some like like yacht cruise though it looked like with your family and like right. or something so i want to talk about that yeah dude i mean to to that uh to that logic uh, i'll just give you an idea you know uh, i when i was buying an escalate a couple of years ago during covid the older models were were 40 grand less than or they're charging 40 grand premium on the newer models because it was during covid there was supply and demand thing so i bought one a couple of years older so i didn't have to pay the 40 grand premium so I could certainly afford it, but it was the logic of it, okay? Um, versus I took my kids on this European vacation uh, last year, and I spent a quarter million dollars on this vacation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I would have spent an extra 40 grand that I didn't have to on a car because of the, the logic and, and, and just the principle of it. But, but I, I literally spent 250 grand on this vacation last year, um, a good chunk of it was uh being on the tv show below deck it's on bravo uh below deck sailing i'm on season four episodes five and he's either four and five or five and six um and it was a great fucking experience man it was in sardinia italy we're on a 177 foot sailing yacht um we got a lot of notoriety for it they kind of try to position me as a little bit of a of a douchebag but uh <laughs> you know the, the more the, mo the most fucked up thing about it though i gotta tell you we filmed this motherfucker in july of 2022 it aired in may of 23 and sure enough i'm not dating the same girl that i had on the show with yeah <laughs> so it's like fuck we broke up a couple months ago and yeah this will be interesting watching yourself on this fucking dream vacation with somebody you're not with anymore <laughs> you know what i mean um it was good though man my my, my kids were on it my son uh my son i think kind of kind of stole the show super can polite. we get his perspective you want to talk about it jake all right can we get yeah 
Is this Mike, Mike Green and up? It's my son, Jacob. Jake's been really well-mannered, so this is Jacob Sarasani. Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Yeah, talking on the mic, dude. Yes, sir. Hello. Hello. Mic up. All right, there we go. <laughs> so what, what's your perspective? What was the experience of the trip like? Um, well, it was really cool. Um, I got to just see so much stuff. I mean, being on the show was probably the coolest part. It was yeah. weird because, like, you're getting filmed, like, all the time, and you have to ignore the cameras, you know? Yeah. Um, but as for the rest of the Europe trip, you know, I just got to see so much stuff that so many people never get to see their yeah. whole lives, you know? So, yeah. What was, was your favorite part of the trip? Well, I mean, the boat was up there, but, um, probably just seeing, like, all of the, all, all of the, um, like, historical, mo I mean, I, like, seeing the Mona Lisa, for example. Yeah. That was really cool. That's insane. Um, yeah, just, like, I liked a lot of the historical stuff and also just chilling at the beach, too. Yeah. Fun trip. Talma Beach, where we were at. Um, we were in uh, uh, Sardinia, mm. or San Sebastian. San Sebastian. What's uh, yeah. what, what's what's with that beach? I don't know. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> topless. Yeah, <laughs> topless <laughs> beach. <laughs> I told him it's a topless beach, but all the European beaches are topless. But uh, I go, it's not. It's not like what you're what you're gonna expect there, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, it was um, both good and bad, mostly bad. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. What yeah. what school do you go to? I go to Barrington High School. Barrington High School? Yeah. So do you get a like do you get a lot of clout from coming back and like your boys being like, Bro, how was Italy? Um yeah. You're I mean, on a show. <laughs> or do you have any other friends on a show? Um no, none of my friends have been on a show. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh as for the show, I mean, uh I got I guess a little bit of clout at school for it. A lot of people talked about it, but um I mean, uh, yeah, all my friends thought it was cool how I went to Europe and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's dope. Yeah. That's dope, dude. Tom, Tom, two good things about Paris that you saw. Um, Paris. Uh, well, uh, hold on. Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to remember. No, you're good, brother. Mm. The uh, hotel we were staying at was really cool. Um, I think, like, like it's, it was like the size of a house there, right? Yeah, like, we had a really cool hotel room, labor style, but you're forgetting right now, but remember... The Eiffel Tower. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! yeah. The Eiffel Tower. Yeah, yeah exactly. that was really exactly. cool. That was like I the love, best part almost. Little thing called the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Eiffel Tower was so mm. sick. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Really cool view. Do you yeah. guys have any future trips coming up? Any future things coming up? Any moves coming up? Uh, well, we're going to Cabo in December, so yeah. that'll be a nice, relaxing, relaxing trip. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's dope. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's dope. How was the mock trial? Oh, it was really cool, actually. Um, hold on, can I? Yeah, you're good, brother. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, at the mock trial, uh, I learned so much stuff, a lot of cool people. I think the best part about it was it was on UCLA campus, and that was just so sick, like, yeah. so big, so, like, and, um, yeah, just learned a lot, like, really. S somebody your age, 15, 16 years old, watching this, and they're thinking, man, you know, maybe I'm not in the environment where I have access to these things, but how could they start to think more open-minded and start to, you're you're very I would say just ahead in regard to not it's not just environment it's it's you as an individual and as a person the way you greeted me respectful handshake eye contact body language that's something that's controllable regardless of your environment so what are some like obviously you have a vision of where you want to go and where you want to be in life but if what's one thing some 15 year old could do some 16 year old could do to kind of emulate these skills that you already have and that you're already developing. What could they do to kind of have what you have? Because this is going to make you money. I can promise you, regardless, <laughs> you're going to make money with the with the skills you got right now. I mean, really, I think, like, the biggest thing is, like, being just, like, charismatic in general with people. Like, I mean, uh, I have friends, like, 
and like really like I mean like none of my friends re- like obviously have like the connections I do because of my dad, a uh, really cool guy. Um, but uh, like I mean just like you could for example like my friends they started a like car deta- car detailing business. They just got some equipment and they've been going they go to door to door and um like the main reason why they're successful is cuz they are charismatic, you know, they yeah. have eye contact with people and that's really nothing that needs much resources, yes. you know. Yes. 1000%, bro. For sure. 1000%. Thank you for hopping on, man. Thanks, yeah, of Jake. course. Thank you for Let's having go. me. Yes, sir. <laughs> Shout yeah. out Jake. Where can people follow you? You got to be on social media. Oh no. Uh-oh. Um well, uh just uh, Jake Sarasani on Instagram. I don't really have many. I don't have any posts right now. It's all good. Yeah. No weirdos hit him yeah. up. Jake Sarasani. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. He's a, Thank he's you. a Snapchat guy anyway. <laughs> Snap. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's uh, hop into uh, a couple more of my notes. Sure, and we'll man. transition over to you. Yeah. Um, anything you can talk about that you're investing into? Cool shit coming up. Cool things you're excited about. You know, man, so one of the big things I talk about on social media a bit is I'm uh, I'm in the investment group that bought the Newport Beach Marriott Hotel. Okay. And uh, what's cool about that for me is I, when I was my son's age, I um, both of my parents are passed away now, and my um, my dad was a high school teacher. And you know, we didn't have a ton of money or whatever. We weren't we were by no means poor. We we're definitely good. Um, but we would go on these vacations every couple of years that made us kind of feel like we were rich. Yeah. And we go to Hawaii. We go to like one anyway. One year we went to Newport Beach. And my dad would save up on the times between. Like for instance, I w- my 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 birthday is December third. Basketball season starts like what October. Yeah. I would always get my new basketball shoes for the season on my birthday. So the first yeah. month of the basketball season yeah. was uh, the shoes from the fucking previous year. They were probably a size too small. Um, but but it was it was stuff like that. My parents would make decisions like that. But yeah. Then they would go all out. My dad would at least on these um, these vacations. So went to Newport Beach Marriott one year, and I have a great you know make great memories of it. And uh, unfortunately, both of my parents passed away in the last uh, few years. So it's, yeah, thank you. And it's kind of cool to be yeah now an owner of that hotel. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's uh, sweet. You know, so that that's that's pretty cool. Um, other than that, man, I'm in a bunch of celebrity-owned venture capital things, and you know, well, it'll be more interesting when one of them sells for a billion dollars. Yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. What What's the mental game of riding it out? You know yeah. what I mean? Riding that shit out, throwing the six figures around, throw it here, throw it there. Yeah. Everybody hitting you up, bro. I got a great idea. I got a great yeah. idea. I got a great idea. You know what I mean? Like my, riding that shit out. What's that like? Yeah, well, it's, it sucks to be honest with you. I, I got uh, I got involved in shit like. So I sold my company in 2015. I was 37 years old. You had to work for the company that bought mine for five fucking years. Stock that I took in that company skyrocketed. So I ended up with all this money and basically just retired. And I'm like, oh, I'll be a fucking angel investor. I'll be a venture capitalist. And it's not like, you know, there's not like formal training to have that designation. It's my yeah. own fucking money. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. But you put on your link tree, or uh, you you put on your LinkedIn that you're a venture capitalist. You're gonna get a lot of new friends really fast, dude. <laughs> Everyone's hitting you up, dude. Everyone wants to talk to you, and there's angel investors out there that eat this shit up, and they feel so fucking important because they're sitting there getting pitched all day. They think they're fucking Kevin O'Leary or something, and they don't actually have the fucking money to throw around in all these fucking deals. Well. This asshole, me, uh, did have the money to throw around in all these fucking deals. So I'm doing the same thing I'm seeing these other motherfuckers doing. But I think everything's a great fucking idea. 
<laughs> like, sure, here, here, Sounds here, like here. Yeah. Now, no, I'll tell you what it did do, and that's what I learned after about seven months. I got to start saying fucking no to some motherfuckers, um, which I did. Uh, but I, I'll tell you what it did do. That kind of recklessness put me in some circles where people thought I was like just a straight up fucking G. And, you know, there were some things I did out in LA that got me into those fucking circles and I didn't do it. This is why it works, because it was it was genuine. I wasn't doing it. I'm not gonna, hey, I'm investing in this because I wanna be this guy's friend or whatever. No, I'm investing in this because I thought it was a good idea and hopefully I was fucking right. Yeah. But you do that more than a few times. Like, who's that fucking business guy from Chicago that's fucking in all these deals? Oh, wait, he's in her deal? He's in his deal? Holy shit, wait, wait. That same guy in the name keeps popping up. Now all of a sudden I'm in these fucking circles with people. Yeah. And those circles start fucking colliding, dude. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, hanging out with a fucking person that's part of the fucking Nolette family that owns fucking Kettle One. I'm hanging out with people that own the fucking, I'm not going to say their names, but they're NFL pro sports teams, you know yeah. what I mean, and NBA pro sports teams. It's like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. When I was just some dude from fucking Schomburg that, you know, happened to fucking quit his job in corporate America and start his own fucking insurance company and, and employee benefits back in 2005. And if I didn't make that fucking decision... I would probably still be working there, but have some big fucking job title and think my shit don't stink. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's Hell the yeah. fucking fact of the matter, bro. That's Hell the yeah. fact of the matter. That's fire. You got to get like a shirt that says like straight out of Schomburg. You got to see his con- <laughs> you gotta see his content when he talks about coming from Schomburg. Dude. Sounds like Compton. <laughs> Holy exactly. shit, this dude came Shopping, from Compton. Bitch. So, so I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, we got, we got, you know, kind of our... Our niche here is basically like a frat. If you come in here, mm. that's what our, our TikTok haters will call it, the strip mall. Yeah. And so we made a new podcast coming out, Strip Mall Paycheck Fridays. Stay tuned for that. But uh, <laughs> I wanted to ask, can you be, have you found individuals in your circle that are dirty and unorganized? Do, does wealth correspond, does success correspond with dirty people? Because mm. I'll, I'll get, we'll get on these kids about, hey, man, you know, we provide an office and a space for you and resources for you guys. But please, for the love of God. Don't be dirty. You yeah. know what I mean? Just pick up your shit. Put what? it in the trash can. Don't have a dirty car. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, holy shit. That's fucking funny. I'm like, I thought you were, like, referring to, like, dirty in terms of, like, some kind of context. You mean, like, literally dirty. Yeah, uh, I knew when I put it in here. It says, if you look at my notes, it says yeah. dirty and wealthy. And I'm like... That sounds horrible. I'm like, especially Sarazani. Yeah, I'm like, this is know. this is gonna come off horrible. Yeah, the bro. I, I honestly, dude, <laughs> I think it's a fucking maturity and an age thing, probably, brother. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna tell you, dude. My my car right now looks a lot different than it did when I was like fucking 23. Yeah, my car when I was 23, there's fucking McDonald's French fries on the fucking floor. I, I don't know. I think just as you get older, you start to fucking pay attention to that. Clean up a little more. Yeah, unless you're like a fucking hot girl, then like hot girls always have like fucking disorder. Organized cars. So yeah. No matter what age. Yeah. That's just what I've always thought. Always. Makeup's every fucking wear. And yeah. Know, just dirty everywhere. Yeah. How about that stereotype? There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't say stuff like that, but you yeah, can. There you go. So, uh, shout out Boy Tech at the gym. I was at Lifetime. I was hitting legs, and this this gentleman's name was Boy Tech, and he, he, and we, he asked me what I did. He's like, you got a suit on. Mm-hmm. And so this is one thing I'll, I'll tell these guys. like Because of our maturity, and I'll ask your thoughts on this, is when you are younger, because... You're probably you were probably the richest person in in a lot of circles, mm-hmm. and you're in sweats, and you know you got your chain on and right. everything like that. So it's like, but I imagine at a point when you're pitching people and you were pitching people mm-hmm. to buy your company, you, you may not have been in your sweats yeah. on the come up. You may have you know cleaned mm-hmm. yourself up, mm-hmm. suit and tie and things like that. Do you think it's important until you're at a place where you can you have that fu money? Yep. 
that you should clean yourself up, present yourself. So I always look at the upside versus the downside of anything, all right? And when I, when I wear a suit, even if I'm fucking overdressed, even if everyone else is in fucking khakis and fucking whatever, okay, I'm the best dressed person. What's the fucking downside of that? Yeah. All right? What's the fucking downside of that? Versus me showing up fucking like this and, and you know, in sweatpants or something whenever, you know, what, what's the upside that I'm a little bit comfortable well, what's the downside of that? That I look like a fucking asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, fucking dress the fuck up, um, for sure, for sure. You're if you got even here, man. Even here right now, when you don't even have any fucking meetings internally, dress the fuck up, dude. Your coworkers will look at you different. I like that a lot. So this boy tech, this gentleman's name, he stopped me. He's like, man, you always got a suit on. What do you do? I was like, I'm in I'm in life insurance. And they're like, oh, we're in property management. I'm like, oh, that's dope. I was like, and they're like, what are you about to, what are you getting up after this? I'm like, about to do a podcast with this mm -hmm. really wealthy guy from Chicago. He's in VC and things mm -hmm. like that. Guess what they say after that? Mm. Do you listen to this dude's podcast named John Sarasani? Shut up. I swear to God. Really? I swear to God. Nice. You know, life, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, that's who I'm doing it with. I just didn't want a name drop. <laughs> so they were like, they were like, that's so sick. And I'm like, yeah. and they, this is what they hit me with next. He's the reason we didn't quit our jobs. Really? Yeah, That's they, they do property management. So I imagine there's some commission based in that and uh, inspiration well, of these guys. So Well, that's nice that they listen to my podcast because I'll tell you fucking what. And anyone else there that has a fucking podcast, <laughs> I have my fucking 110,000 plus fucking uh, Instagram followers. I don't have 110,000 views no, on my podcast dude. each fucking week. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with where it's at, but like getting people to actually listen to a fucking podcast after all the views you get in social media, it's two oh totally God. different fucking animals, you know? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was listening to your uh, podcast you did with, I think, the, I think the dude's name was like Yash. Yeah, that Yash. just came out today. Yash. Yeah. Gaff and you guys are talking about the legitimacy and I'll come flat out and tell mm -hmm. you guys, my shit is all botted out. Mm -hmm. If you look at my Instagram, bots all like yeah. these, don't pay me for engagement because my instagram <laughs> yeah, you would know me like you don't have to run a test yeah. on mine yeah. my shit is not no i just put that that's makeup on there right. tiktok it's pretty organic and uh, my youtube that's pure organic i'm not gonna play around with that yeah. um but don't, yeah i mean it's don't fuck with your youtube dude i think it's gonna fuck up the algorithm yeah no um, I'm, not, I'm not messing with that at i all. gotta tell you though man i fucked with my instagram early but it but it's a fucking it's hard dude because the the problem with instagram is you could buy the followers and all that kind of shit. People in the fucking know are going to be able to find have ways to just kind of look at yeah. it to see, to see if you did or not.